What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John. With me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing this evening? Doing great, man. Sitting here in my basement with my uh, with my ring light turned away from me and uh, drinking some now? gas station beer. Absolutely, man. It would be extremely painful for you. <laughs> Uh, well, if you've uh, been listening to discography discussion, or I guess the last couple episodes of this, that's been the running joke, uh, is the Bane voice that we somehow stumbled across and have been finding funny, like, nine-year-olds. Follow Bane on Twitter. Uh, we should create a fake, somehow, Bane. We need need to make the Bane Twitter, because it's one of those things where, like, everybody loves Bane, right? So, like, if Bane says something along the lines of, you should totally listen to Brutally Speaking... You know, like people will do it. You can find us on Banally Speaking, where we just talk about plotting to take over the world. <laughs> we have a secret. We know that Bruce Wayne and Batman are totally the same. I feel like that would be a very arduous podcast to listen to, much like this one. Um, hey, this uh, is not arduous at all. This is awesome, man. You got you got the man himself. I did. Johnny Christ. Johnny Christ drinks with Johnny. Also, I guess he's a bass player of some band called the Veg Sevenfold, but it's not really why. Is. Yeah, I didn't really want to talk to him for that reason. I wanted to have drinks with him, which I did, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, as soon as basically I saw drinks with Johnny come out, uh, birthed out of basically the Avenged Sevenfold like YouTube channel thing that where they each kind of member had a thing that they were doing. And then it became Drinks with Johnny and it became a podcast uh, as it has become and the YouTube show as well. I was like, ah, fuck, man, we we definitely need to cross paths somehow and, and uh, you know, get on get on each other's show or have them on ours more specifically, because I doubt we'll ever be on that show. <laughs> I mean, you never know, man. You know, you, you've got OK, you have a much higher chance of being on that show than me, but still. I did get an invite. Uh, the guy who actually hooked us up, uh, thanks to Dewey from uh, Pure Pleasure Podcast for putting Johnny and I in touch with each other, um, actually was like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about going out there when this whole pandemic thing ends. Like, you should go because you actually drink and I don't. And I was like, you know, I've never been a designated drinker for someone before. But I, you know what? I am up to the challenge of that uh, if I need to have my talents called upon for such an experience. Good old Dewey. He's my uh, he's my newest Facebook friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're. We're now best friends. You are peers, I believe, is the word. Yeah, and it's very pleasurable. <laughs> For both uh, of us. It's ribbed and everything. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, but yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. Um, basically, getting to talk to Johnny. Uh, we kind of run a lot of topics, really. Um and the thing I will preface at this point, uh, if anyone watches this video, and I kind of cleaned it up on the audio version that you're technically hearing right now, but um, I had massive internet issues that day. Of course, you know, when you have like the guest you're looking forward to, it's kind of the curse of this show. Usually it hits Dan, not me, but um, this was one of those where I had some internet issues. They were doing some construction work literally on my road uh, up and down it. So, and we had terrible, terrible weather. So, um I mean, only if we're talking to Howard Jones. That's the only time I have internet problems. Yeah. The internet cannot handle the Howard Jones. (laughs) So, unfortunately, uh, there are some technical issues. Uh, On the YouTube version, I made fun of it. I put in, like, please stand by, technical difficulty things, uh, where those things happened. Um, Because, you know what, if you can't laugh at yourself, then, you know, it's better than to be laughed at, I guess. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to figure that one out. That's a rough one. That's a rough one. Um, but this episode's a little bit longer, so let's uh, actually get right into it. Uh, and you can have drinks with John and Johnny 
And uh, we'll talk to you guys on the other side of it. I had a shit day at work, so I wanted to drink anyway, but I figured no. it would be apropos to do like what you do on yours. So uh, I'm going to make a gin drink that I really love. It's a oh. slight variation uh, of one that a friend of mine uh, taught me because I ran out of one of the, I didn't have one of the ingredients, I should say. So to start, got your shaker with ice, have do the gin first uh this is a local gin here in grand rapids michigan it's a uh, barrel finished dry hop gin uh super delicious this is actually one of the gins that got me into gin so i've uh, always enjoyed it uh i always like doubling up on my recipes so we're going to do man after my own heart i'm always doubling up on those recipes too well as they teach with the booze yeah i was gonna say they always teach you in uh if you watch bar rescue you know, he always ends up yelling and, you know, just for, for good measure to finish the bottle. Um, he always ends up telling you, why are you making one? Make six, you know, <laughs> so that way you're not running out of time. Yeah. Um, so there's the gin, double shot of gin, full ounce of uh, grapefruit juice, freshly squeezed, fresh squeezed lime juice, same ounce. I fucking forgot my bitters. So hold on just a second while I go grab that. <laughs> that is the important part. Yeah, that happens, man. What kind of bitters you got? Uh, just the regular, uh, never pronounce it right, the Argonusta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a couple of uh, bourbon recipes I've been wanting to play around with that require like um, like walnut and so forth. But some of my bartending friends are like, just make like a walnut syrup, like a simple syrup. <laughs> um, oh, this is a fresh bottle too. So usually requires four da- or two dashes, but since we're doubling, put two. Got your shaker. Got a rocks glass full of ice already. So there's that nice thing. You're gonna end up garnishing with a with a lime. Not trying to rush, but I know you have a, a Valentine's Day date. Yeah, that's right. Which uh what are you guys doing for Valentine's Day? You know, I don't know. Uh there's not a whole lot to do these days, as uh everyone knows. But uh <laughs> my wife has something planned. She's kind of keeping me in the dark until we're we have dinner at some point. I know that, but before that, we're doing some kind of some kind of shit she's got planned, so I've, I've just learned my lesson to follow along and say, okay. There you go. I'm sure it'll be fun, though. She usually, she usually picks out good stuff. And then uh, top with some ginger beer. Cool. Super delicious. Mm. God, I haven't had one of those in a while. What do you call that? Um, since the friend of mine that uh, kind of gave me a gin recipe lives in Buffalo, I call it the Nickel City Bounce. Okay. Just because <laughs> Buffalo's in Nickel City, so yeah. it fucking works. Actually, uh, I'm trying to think. You might have you ever been to uh, Masuda Chow's down in Buffalo? Not after, I, I don't recall at the at the at the moment. It's possible. Okay. It's uh, I was gonna say it's uh, J- uh, Johnny's from uh, Stone Sour's bass player. It's his uh, bar. Oh, you know what? I no, I haven't been there. Uh, the last time I was around with that, I don't think last time I was around with those guys or uh, hung out. I don't think. Uh, he was even in the band at the time. So, mm. yeah, it's kind of the funny thing with doing this sometimes is like, you know, I was trying to think of some of the, the different people that I've encountered through traveling and drinking because it's a uh, 
something I, I, I find a lot of joy in because I think it really gives you the true definition of local flavor when you travel. Um, yeah. So I, I guess let's uh, let's kind of start there. What is what are some of the favorite places that you have been uh, based on finding a random place to drink or, or a recommendation? Ooh, um, shit. Random, you know, it's been so long since I've been out. It's like crazy right now to like even think about that. I'm like, oh, where the, <laughs> like where the fuck have I been that I that I enjoy? Um, uh, for like specific drinking and stuff. I mean, uh, New Orleans has hmm. a lot of good drinks. Um, just recently went there. So where did you end up going? Oh, I don't. I, I usually just bar hop around there, man. Hmm. I just like I go down to the strip or, or down to the, uh, Bourbon, Bourbon Street, Street. Man, Bourbon I, Street in the French Quarter, and just jump around all those places. There's it, a good. There's a good uh, absinthe bar down there. I remember. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but there's a good, really good absinthe bar that I was that we've been to, and uh, I, I I generally try and go back to because I can I can get a good good absinthe there than before. Before we the night ends, you know, <laughs> is uh, I've only had absinthe I think twice, and the the way that you're traditionally supposed to pour it is a very intriguing way because mm-hmm. you know it's kind of a very slow art, not arduous, but it is a bit of a process. I think like any good cocktail is and should be. Um, what because you've gotten to travel internationally where you know the real absinthe is. Have you had the traditional absinthe experience where you kind of oh yeah. Balls? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I think that's a, a little fabricated, like just straight tripping balls. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, it's just a, it's a very different drunk, yes, for mm-hmm. sure. But you're still drunk. It's not like you're seeing shit. It's not like you're you're on DMT or fucking acid or something like that. Like, um, it's a little different than that. Uh, but yeah, it takes it takes you to a different spot in your head for sure. But it's not like. I guess it's not tripping in the traditional sense of visuals, but I mean, your, your mind is definitely a little bit more hyped and stuff, but yeah, I've, I've done all that. They bring out the the specific water pours with the spouts and you, you put the, the sugar cube on, on the top of the spoon and let the water just drip through that until the sugar is completely dissolved. And then you consume the drink and it's uh, some really great ones out there, man. Have you, because I know we have the the ones here in in the states that are legal, uh, yeah. <laughs> but have you? Is that something that you uh, have in your? Like I see your bar behind you. Is that something that you carry in your bar behind you just for random occasions? You know, I think I have a bottle of absinthe back there, like uh, a Pernod um, hmm. absinthe back there. So it's not it's not the European stuff for, per se. Like I had to, I got it here at like Total Wine or whatever. Um, but I found that. Uh, Back in the day, they used it as kind of a bitters for a lot of old timey cocktails. So you could do like uh, with this, like a Sazerac, you're going to rinse your rinse your glass with the absinthe, you know, stuff like that, where it comes in handy in that in that sense. Um, I don't know that I've just like pounded the fucking bottle, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have in, uh, in the past, but not this one that's sitting back here. I, I think that's kind of something interesting in listening to your show. And when you finally started doing it, I was like, ah, fuck, man. Like you're basically kind of doing the same thing as what we kind of like the idea of what this show was kind of, which is, um, you know, I, I love, like I said, going to bars and I love uh, kind of getting local flavor of places. And even just, you know, at my home bars, uh, the regulars that inhabit those and just having interesting conversations with people because yeah. we happen to just be there. And, you know, naturally uh, drinking is kind of a, uh, social lubricant of sorts. 
Absolutely. So it's one of those things where in doing that, you know, I have a lot of people who are like, oh, well, it just sounds like you drink all the time. And I'm like, no, I mean, sometimes you go to like a nice cocktail bar, you have one or two with dinner and that's it. That's, that's your night yeah. or, you know, a nightcap or whatever. How do you run into kind of the same thing where people assume because of your love of spirits and, and I would even say it sounds like beer as well, that there's this misconception of what you enjoy about it versus just being like, Oh, yeah, it's th- fucking lush. <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think it's a combination of both. Cause it's both very accurate. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, sure. There's been people, I mean, when we, when we started this thing, I remember there was uh, one particular fan that I saw comment on and they're like, I'm really worried about Johnny's drinking. Have you seen his bar and stuff? And I'm like, be worried when the bar is empty because that's when I've drank it all. Um, yeah. But no, it's, it's, I enjoy, I enjoy drinking. I never, you know, that's, that's part of it. It's, it's a very social thing for me. Um, a lot of uh, the, the one thing for the podcast specific, specifically that uh, is a misnomer is that it's all revolved around drinking. Um, the title kind of started that way just because when I was originally going to mess around with this whole thing, it wasn't going to be a podcast. It wasn't anything. It was, I was going to sit at the bar and make drinks and talk about music and then bring on some people just from music here and there. And then, man, I don't, and it was only gonna be like five to 20 minute episodes, somewhere in between there. And I just realized I was having so much more fun just being free with it and loose and just having conversations with, uh, with interesting people. And I was like, dude, some of them I know, some of them I've never met before, but at the end of it, we get a good conversation out of each other. If we're just like relaxing and I make it a very relaxed, I mean, I guess you could call it an interview because I'm asking all the questions, but it's not it's not traditional in that sense. It's just, it's, it's all the stuff that I would ask if we were just to run into each other at a, at a bar, you know, um, whether you're drinking or not. And at this point, man, most episodes, I'm not even drinking anymore, which is kind of a shame, but, uh, <laughs> no, but it, it, it's, it's good. Cause uh, it's becoming more of its own thing where we're getting into some, some depthy conversations, some, and just generally shooting the shit and just giving a, you know, the listener, uh, a little insight into some of these people's lives and how they would just normally converse rather than the same old monotonous fucking questions that they've answered so many times and going over it. And it's like, I can only answer that question so many ways until I get over it, you know? So right. we try just to have it a more loose based conversational. I make notes, but half the time I don't even use them. It's just so that I know, get to know the person a little bit better and I'm prepared to, you know, not, I mean, it's happened before where I step on my own feet, but I I try not to do it, you know? Have you found a greater appreciation for the, uh, I don't want to call it the art form of of an interview necessarily, but just the talking? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, And I I, I would call it an art form, absolutely. Um, Just like anything else, it's... It, there, there's, there's something to it. It's not just getting up and not everyone can do it. You know, it's everyone. It, the best thing about it is it makes people think that anyone can do it because <laughs> if, if that means you're doing it right, if everyone thinks you, that this is just something that anyone could do is grab a mic and go do it, then that, then you've done your job because you've made it seem so effortless and it's like, Oh, okay. But it, and I didn't know that at the beginning. I was one of those people who was like, oh, I could fucking do that. I'm great at talking <laughs> when I'm drinking. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm awesome at that. I'm, I'm the life of the party. And the first few times I was like, oh, I'm unprepared for this. Once the camera's on and the, and the microphone and you're the one carrying the conversation, it's, uh, 
it, it gets, you know, you could run into some stuff that you weren't expecting. You gotta, you gotta, gotta be able to work on your toes, you know? And, uh, that's easier said than done sometimes. Does it give you a greater appreciation for some of the interviews maybe that you've done in the past that you thought oh, maybe yeah. weren't great? Fuck yeah. I feel terrible for some of those. <laughs> I've, I have rolled out of bed sometimes and just like had some poor guy just asking me, you know, just doing his job and I'm just like not having it. And, you know, it's and I'm more concise answers. That kind of things. I'm always a pretty personable guy, which is why I enjoy doing this, but you know, everyone has their bad days and, uh, <laughs> I feel bad for those, for those interviewers on those bad days. I hope, uh, I hope they don't hold it against me, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. There's, a appreciating that and being able to get my points across of what I, what I want to say, but super relaxed about it and not, you know, worried about how the questions are going to go down or anything. Just, just enjoying to, to meet people like, like this one right here. Uh, Dewey hit me up. was like, Oh, just on this, Brutality speaking, brutally speaking, sorry. I, I don't know why I pronounced it that hard. Everyone uh, does it that way. Brutality, brutality. I don't know why it sounds like it would be brutality. I brutally always made the joke that I have Italian brutals or something or brutals. <laughs> yeah, but brutally speaking, he's like, yeah, I was on there. And uh, with uh, Dave Shapiro was on here with him too, right? Uh, not with him. He was the next week after. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, so he's, he said it was a good time. I was like, and it's a similar show to what I'm doing. So let's do it. <laughs> yeah it's one of those that like at times you know like i look at dewey show and for a lot of times it's like ah it's kind of what like what i want it to be is more loose but on the same time like i've definitely interviewed people and you try to have that conversation or that instant connection with someone and they're just not having it and you're like all um, right well go fuck me i guess like <laughs> <laughs> that's why you got to make the notes there well, you yeah. got to make the notes because sometimes that's what they're there for for me is is you know having a background to some of these people I've never met before, um, as well as like if I run into that of the, they just like stop talking for a second, I have something to fall back on, and maybe Absolutely. you know um, that's that's but generally it though. But I feel like I don't know if you're meeting someone for the first time and you're like I guess if you consider it kind of like a date, if you knew a little bit more about the person before you're before you're going into it, the date might go a little smoother. You know, was there someone that you've you and I know you do years and seasons, which I'm kind of jealous of, but um, has there been someone that you've wanted to get on the show and they're like, ah, I don't, I don't drink. So no, I, I'm going to pass. Oh yeah. We've had several of those. Um, uh, and then, you know, it's always like, oh, okay, I understand. But just so you know, we, we don't always drink, you know, it's just, we could do dry episodes. We could do any kind of episode really. I mean, the, the origin of this becoming a podcast, I, I mean, I drew out like this whole like TV show esque, um, uh, uh, outline to what the show is going to be. And right there in is it's conversations with interesting people. And we're just, you know, it's relaxed. It's whatever that guest wants, wants it to be. If the guest has an idea that's coming on and they're like, Hey, I want to do this, this and that. And I'm like, cool, we got the equipment. Let's make it happen. Like this, let's make, while you're on the show, it's your show too. This is not, you know, just me. And right. we had that in like Darby Allen coming on where he doesn't drink. And he's like, yeah, I want to come on, but I want to do this, this, and this. And I was like, cool, whatever you want to do, just don't fuck up my house. Cause he's kind of crazy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. It, and it seems like that was kind of the fun thing about the visual aspect of your show is you, it works in a, in an audio medium, mm -hmm. but if you take the time, because you're creating the extra content as well for people to be able to see more of you and how you are in your mannerisms, I think it has created a, an interesting 
show where it's it can be a few different things and that darby allen episode was really interesting because like it almost felt a bit like jackass you know you're you're fucking abusing his brother (laughs) (laughs) you know tasing him and all that kind of shit and it was very jackass like yeah and it was one of those things where i was like oh i kind of like this like not every show is going to be this but i like the fact that you were willing to not pigeonhole it into like well this is what the show is and kind of rolling with it and i think that kind of speaks a little bit to the nature sort of 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 unfortunately drinking shows where that's kind of what we want is we just want something that's kind of more free flowing. Mm-hmm. I was going to, was wondering because of the more visual aspect. And, and I know this hinges a lot on touring being a thing again, but I've been rewatching the uh, fuck that's delicious. Uh, the action Bronson show. Mm-hmm. And been thinking you should have a show very similar, but it's you going to bars almost like a, what was that David Tell show on Comedy Central way back in the day? Oh, I remember Late that. Night or something like that. So, yeah, or it was some, or some some bullshit. Some it was some uh, night out, fucking after hours, some shit like that. It was one. Yeah. I remember what you're talking about, though. Yeah, I mean, there was also a show uh, called Three Sheets mm. years ago, where the guy I can't I can't remember his name right now, but he was he was awesome. He'd go out there and. Um, and uh, travel the world and try these new spirits and stuff like that. I mean, like one of my favorite episodes is he went into Croatia and had some, st- some, I forget the type of liquor it was now, but then you, you know, cause it, I've been around the world, uh, most of the world anyway, um, quite a bit and you get into these different countries. You try like grappa for the first time you, you get into, uh, you talk to the local guys and you're like, what should I try when I'm here? You know, like what's, what's something that I should, uh, I should be into. And you just kind of do that uh, as you're having days off, you know, really concentrate on the show when it's that day. But there's a lot of travel in between those shows. And you go out and you, you try to find a really cool restaurant that's local. We started doing that anyway before I even did the show. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if things uh, get back, if, not if, when things get back to normal, and we're out on the road again. Um, yeah, I plan on uh, at least – at the same capacity the way I'm doing it now, but it'll, it'll have, it'll, there'll be locations. Uh, each episode would be based around. Um, perhaps there's a guest, the, maybe it's just like the, you go to a brewery or a winery somewhere and get a tour. And that's, that's the episode where I'm just sitting there talking the ear off, off the, uh, <laughs> off the guy, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, we've kicked around to that idea a lot when we get out on the road, it's just, it's a matter of what we're going to actually be able to accomplish and, Cause then I'm still going to be able to, you know, when I'm on the road, I'll be crossing paths with a lot of, uh, a lot of other people, you know, so I can get them on the show the same way I'm having them now, maybe in the, in the, in, a, in the bus, the hotel room, the backstage, something along those lines, whatever the capacity may be, but we're definitely going to keep doing this thing. That's the other thing. Like it kind of sucks that I had to swerve onto this virtual thing, um, during, you know, what was me, right? Everyone's got, got problems this year. But, uh, you know, yeah, so it, 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 it kind of shifted everything a little bit, but I think kind of helped me learn a little bit more about this, more about the conversation, not not the gimmicks and stuff. The gimmicks will still be there and they'll come naturally and they'll be fun and they'll be few and far between. But I'm playing this for the long game. I'm just enjoying this so much. It's not it's not something for me where I'm like, uh, I'm going to make this a business accurate or anything like this. It's just it's a fun project for me to do with my with some of my closest friends back here and we're enjoying it i'm meeting people that i'm huge fans of and getting to know them and i mean that's that's enough right there it's it's funny you say that you know you're 
obviously the, the passion is there and then why you want to do it. And that's very mm-hmm. obvious, but it is one of those things where I feel like because of what your normal day job is provides you another ancillary lane with this, that can become actually a side business of sorts. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if we understand as a, as a group, that'll, that'll be good. I mean, at this point, I'm just, I just want to make sure my buddies are taken care of, you know, right. that are help that are helping me do this. Um, if, if we do more than that, great. If, if it comes in, you know, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, I'm not opposed to money, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but it's not what I'm doing it for. Obviously right. I'm doing it for a community. There was, I mean, honestly, without the podcast, I'm so lucky I started it before um, the pandemic because without it, I, I wouldn't have done a bunch of these live things. I would, there's been a lot of downtime creatively for me. Um, uh, I mean, still working on the band, of course, but that's, that's one aspect of my life. There's so much more that I, that I could bring in and it doesn't always fit into the Avenged Sevenfold box. So right. I like to, I like to venture out with that a little bit. And uh, without this show, man, I think being stuck in the house for the entire year without another, another outlet, another way of talking to people. I'm a huge extrovert. It took me, everyone's like, of course you're an extrovert when I figured it out. And I was like, I didn't know. Why didn't you tell me? I didn't know what a fucking extrovert was, but uh, yeah, I, fi- I figured that out. And I, just, I, I get charged up when I talk to people. I just like, I'll walk away from conversations and I'll just be more often than not, even if it wasn't a great conversation, I just feel better. Cause I, I got to sit there and talk to somebody. <laughs> I think that's been one of the interesting takeaways for me recently has been, you know, I I feel kind of bad for some of my friends who are, you know, missing the shows, missing festivals, missing the camaraderie of being able to go out and see people like at mm-hmm. least here in, I can't speak for everywhere, but at least here in Grand Rapids, like we're now back open to limited capacity. So like most bars and most places I think are doing 25%. Um, which, you know, and we have real shit weather right now, so people aren't really going out. So it's almost like if you're like, I'm stupid enough to go out just to get the fuck out of my house and like, cool. <laughs> um, but it is one of those things, <clears throat> excuse me, that I've realized that doing this has really afforded me that. That. It sounds so pretentious when you say that, that, uh that gift, but the gift of being able to communicate with people where a lot of people are stuck in their house. And if they don't live with someone, like they're just completely shit out of luck and social media, I think (laughs) you're realizing that you might have a collection of friends, but they're really not. Mm. And I think it's really been mentally good for me. And I know a few of my other podcasting friends that we get to do this. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's an, it's a therapeutic outlet for, you know, and as you said, yeah, it sounds pretentious as a gift, but it like, you know, given the gift of gab as they, as they would say, you know, just be, but that's a, that's a real thing. Like you have to understand we're all as human beings are completely wired differently. So for, for you and I, this is fun for someone else. It would be like the last thing in the fucking world they would want to do. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's the way we were wired um, and it's something that we enjoy doing. So that's what, that's naturally why we're glad we have it, <laughs> but it's like, if you don't, if you don't have it, it's, you don't, I don't know that you necessarily miss it because you didn't, you've never, you've never had it. You know, when, do, how would you miss it if you never had it? I, I, I just don't see that really. So I, I guess I, I don't, I don't think you need to feel bad about calling it a gift, you know, cause you understand you have something that not everyone else has is this want to the want and ability to talk to people. 
I think that's that's definitely it and something that's been interesting. And I, I felt really bad. I just sent a text to the dude that we just had on, uh, Lee from Born of Osiris. Um, we went down a really weird rabbit hole. Uh because like something I've been talking about recently is in the last month or so, like I've been going to therapy and I feel like the podcast has almost become Marin esque where I'm like, here's some bullshit I'm going through. How do you feel about this? <laughs> and let's fucking work through it. Yeah. But as a result of kind of doing that, we we ended up talking about, you know, some of his addictions and former addictions and so forth and his recovery and just dealing with all these things. And and then subsequently it came full circle back to the reason he was on, which is kind of to talk about his solo record he put out a while ago and and so forth. And it was just kind of one of those. You're like, holy shit, we still got to what I wanted to talk about, but <laughs> in the most realist way, because I kind of gave you information that probably two people who have barely known each other for 10 minutes probably wouldn't fucking say, but that's kind of what happens sometimes on these shows. And I think is kind of my gift. And a lot of people say is that a lot of people will just open up to me for some reason. And I've noticed that with your show as well. Like, you know, you've been able to kind of, I don't want to say sneak in, but you guys just randomly start talking about real shit. And it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those that I think that's when the medium is really special when it's just able to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, that's the best part about it. Like it's an, to me, it's when I finally discovered what podcast was, cause I mean, they've been around for long enough and I just got into even listening to them in the last two years, year and a half, something like that. Um, and when I started listening to some of them and it was just, you know, one of my favorite ones was 83 weeks with Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff uh, to get back into the wrestling. <laughs> but uh, I, I, list, I listened to it and uh, there was questions and they were getting into real shit and they, they had more of a structure than uh, than others. But it was still just real. It was still just letting people speak. You know, the, there wasn't a lot of cutting off where it would be like you ask, you ask a question, you get like the answer. Then you're like, all right, let's move on to the next question. It's like, well, why is that? You know, that's the question. Why do you think that is? That's the, that's the journalistic question. Why do you think that is? If you have something to say, you know, and then let's, let's dive deeper into that. Let's not, let's not just leave it on the surface. We're, we're, we don't have a time constraint, you know, like it's going to be, it'll be whatever it is, whatever you can give me. And then if we don't get to everything, so be it. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> well, I think that that's kind of the interesting thing too. In listening to your show, is something I learned more about you. I was pleasantly surprised as episodes kept dropping that I'm like, holy fuck, there's so many wrestling people uh, or wrestling related people on the show, and it's something that in doing this and even having friends who are in the touring industry and so forth, and you know, putting them up or running into them, I was pleasantly surprised seeing how many band people are into wrestling. Like it was something I kind of gave up a, a long time ago. Cause I was like, ah, just it's hard to keep up with when there's so much and you start yeah. getting older and all that kind of stuff. And then getting back into it due to band people and seeing this large community of people, you know, between Andy who now is in AEW, but like Andy mm-hmm. from eats it. And you know, all these other people who are super into it, or even like Brody King, who's like friends with Colin from twitching tongues and like all these cross promotional type things and it's been really cool to see like your platform basically i think bringing what aew is doing which feels to me very like the small diy underground music scene that i grew up in in the late 90s early 2000s and it feels like that but for wrestling and i think Mm -hmm. i think roughly we're the same age 
And so I feel like it has that cool factor of like when we probably were getting into ECW and like when WCW and WWF at the time were doing the Monday Night Wars and they're just Mm -hmm. with so much stuff and so much diversity. And I think it's been really cool to kind of see what you've done with it, you know, having Brandy on Brandy Rhodes, that is, and kind of getting a a female's perspective on the industry and kind of talking more about different things. And uh, obviously your ties to Jericho and so forth, but you guys correlating it between being in with him being in music and in wrestling and how he finds, you know, the traverses both worlds and so forth. And I think it's been really enjoyable and it kind of does make me wonder. And I think you've spoken to it a little bit, but do you feel you've gotten more into it since having your kid? Uh, since having my kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it started, a uh, nah, yeah, I think it started, <laughs> I think it started around the same time. No, cause it was a couple years. It, it, it definitely helps that my kid is around and you know, that's, that's what you do with your son. You know, like he's four now you wrestle around, you know, you, you, it's just what boys do, right? Like we're, we pretend that we're the wrestling guys. I've got belts lying around and stuff <laughs> that we play with. And like, he loves, but he loves the theatrics about it too, which is, which I'm really proud of is, you know, we get to, we get to interview each other before and tell tell what we're going to do to each other in the ring. And then we like have entrance music to the, to the ring and the whole thing. Cause the, the, to me, what I love about wrestling so much, and I'm so glad I was able to get back into it because like you, I, I wasn't watching for a long time. I tuned back in here and there, but uh, I, I was just thinking about this last night. I'm so glad you brought it up when I'm watching wrestling. I'm like, man, it's a little bit of everything. There is like, the arc of what they've done it's 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 live action but it's choreographed it's acting but it's not it's this but it's that you know it's it's everything in between and if you look at it as a historical arc of just professional wrestling itself not the storyline not necessarily all the storylines inside they've always evolved so if if you look at just professional wrestling from the beginning and what it meant you know these uh, ex-athletes um, just trying to scrape by, uh, trying to figure out how to act at the same time, trying to find a new career and what they did to struggle, the, you know, the struggles that they went through to create this brand new genre to what it's become over the time. Like, and, and it's just been running nonstop since the very beginning as, as a weekly show. It's like the most perfect TV show you could ever imagine. You know what I mean? Cause it's just, it's nonstop. It's never, it's never going to end you can see some reoccurring stories with new twists here and there or just brand new shit. When that comes out, that's exciting, but it's always, it's just going to keep going. So I don't know to me that that arc of the story is the most interesting part about it because that part is real. There's nothing you can take away from that. <laughs> like that, that that's, that's, that's tangible. That's I can see where that came from, where it like, and it's just, it's just going. Um, and then there's, and then along the way you stay entertained with, with fun shit that's happening and, and where, where are they going with this? I wonder what's going to happen next week and everything like that kind of soap opera esque in a way. But then, you know, these guys are like getting in there and, and what it's become now is so polished from what it was before, you know, it's just, it's, it's so cool to see that evolution. I think what's funny to me is like, I look back on it sometimes and I go, you know, when I was a kid, I'd be like, Oh, boo, this guy. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, the fucking writers. <laughs> like <laughs> it, they saddled this motherfucker with a shit gimmick. It got it over. Yeah. And now, now they're just tanking it for no fucking reason. Like I get mad at the writing <laughs> versus anything else. Well, that's, and- but that's, but that's kind of, that's one of the aspects that makes it fun too. You can do that and have fun watching it you, by being over, uh, 
uh, analytical about it. You know, like you can look yeah. at it and just like go, well, or, or overly critical rather, I should say. Um, but that's, that's fun. That, that gives you that interaction. Cause then you're thinking about that. Like, and then if you get really geeky into it and you can name those, those lead bookers and lead writers and you're like, ah, oh, fucking what's his name. I need it's got to get that guy out of here and put him to the other organization or whatever, you know, like, and then you're like fantasy booking in your head all the time. Oh, this is how I would have done it. Like you fucking know, like you've been in the industry forever or something. It's, it's always fun. Well, I mean, that's like uh, going back to WrestleMania a couple of years ago with Kofi winning the belt. And I was like, Oh, like we're three years removed from the Daniel Bryan storyline and we're already rehashing it. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Like it happens that you just roll with it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the, the guys get into it and they're, uh, they're going back to the same story, the same thing that works well. So this isn't working. So let's try this again. And, and that's fine. Cause then it recycles a little bit. And, and if you, if you have stepped away for a little while, you see it again and you're like, it's nostalgic that way. And you're like, Oh yeah, I know when I'm, I can't wait for that guy to turn heel. That motherfucker's <laughs> turn heel. I could see it. I could see it already. Um, and then he doesn't or something else happens. You're like, Oh, this is awesome. So there's a swerve. Yeah. There's always something going on with that. That's what I, that's what I mean by it. I, I stopped watching it and I, and I don't really know why anymore now. Cause now I've been watching it again and I'm just like, man, this is just entertaining. If you just take it for what it is and, and have fun with it, it's just pure entertainment. So what's funny is, uh, my wife and I went to go visit some friends in Portland, Oregon, and, uh, we ended up going to a couple of the strip clubs out there and, it was a thing where I, that was one of my first whoa, jobs. Whoa, 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 whoa. You went to the strip club with your wife? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good man. Keep going. Yeah. Have you ever been to Magic City? I have. <laughs> oh, man. That's where my wife and go every time we go to Atlanta. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Actually, we went to Claremont for the first time because everyone was talking about it. So we oh, finally went there. Oh, you got to go to Claremont. The Claremont Woo! Lounge is awesome. We went on the worst <laughs> night because it was Monday before we were leaving. So it was the night that everyone goes to Magic City for new music night, basically. Mm-hmm. So we went and there were a rotation of three girls and the bartender. And that was it. And I think we said we were going to go for one, just to, like one drink and then leave. Uh, I think collectively we spent probably six hundred dollars. Oh, that's on- what'll happen there because you realize it's it, it, yeah. For me, strip clubs are fun. Uh, they're just good fashion fun. So like, yeah, yeah. it's this is something. It's it's like going to another bar with a different thing. I'm like I. I don't sit at pervert row and, and just fucking no. stare. Well, like, that's, there, there was no option. You had to sit at the bar and throw your ones in the, in the paper. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, which is awesome. Well, Claremont's awesome because uh, I went the night, one of the nights I went with it. It's their claim to fame is having the oldest stripper in America. We and, might have uh, been her. Yeah. Uh, we that, call her that was, sandals. <laughs> that's what, that's what they're known for is, yeah. is having the oldest. And she was there and I, and it's just a little dingy place off the fucking beaded path. And I'm just like, all right, let's grab let's grab some paps and get after it. You know? So, I gotta ask you: Do you think it's? <laughs> do you think the building above is a hotel, or <laughs> can you think you can take some of the girls upstairs? You know, I I I, I don't know, but I couldn't figure it out honestly. I, I mean, that might be where they all live, though. That might be the, that maybe the staff. <laughs> I really don't know. I I don't know where it's. I don't see them out out and about very often, so I. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery. I, we'll, have to, we'll have to go back and ask the proprietor. All right. There we go. Oh, there you are. But I was going to say, so we, we went to uh, Casa Diablo, and then we ended up going to Devil's Point in uh, Oregon. And I had this weird epiphany one night, because like I used to work at a strip club. And for those who will hear this, you 
potentially I've already heard my story when I talked to Joanna Angel, which is dropping this week. Um, Looks like we're having some internet issues. Can you hear me? Yep, there you are. Okay. Again. All right, cool. Gotta love the internet. <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things where having worked at a strip club, I know the hustle. I know so much about it that I just, it, the allure was lost for a very long time. Um, so as a result, I realized, all right, well, I don't know how much of that you heard. Uh, not much. I, okay. I, I heard, I, I realized. Okay. So basically I realized that strip clubs are like wrestling. If you go into it ready to have fun and you're with people who want to have fun, it's going to be fun. But if you go into it and your disbelief in it is not suspended and you think it's all real, oh man, you are in for not a good time. <laughs> or you could be a child, but I guess that doesn't work for the strip club. Honestly, though, maybe it does. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I think that's right, but I would take it one step further and say, I think that's just life in general, right? If you go into life, with some sort of ex- expectation or anything. Look, I mean, we're only here for the time that we're allotted and what we're going to do and just fucking enjoy it, man. Stop, stop bitching and complaining and just fucking, <laughs> unless bitching and complaining is what you love. That could be what you love. And if bitching and complaining is what you love, go for it. Um, I did, you know, I've kind of wondered, have you, I know, I feel like Avenged was a, a band that uh, they used a song for a pay-per-view for WWE a while back. Have you guys ever been tapped to to do a theme for somebody? You know, we did uh, many years ago. Um, it was actually going to be for Ken Kennedy. Oh, wow. um, we got in, recorded it, and everything. And uh, the label and the WWE at the time. I, I don't remember what the issue was. This is so long ago. But we ran into an issue basically. But we were all all geared up, and Ken Kennedy was 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 getting pretty big at the time, or I think he was one of the top guys on the roster. And uh, yeah, it just. For whatever reason, didn't work out. Um, I don't. I, again, I don't recall the details. I just know that we we had started something we were going to and fell through. And then, yeah, they've used uh, uh, I think a couple of songs now for for stuff back in the day. But uh, yeah, I'm just a I'm just a big professional wrestling fan. So anytime that stuff happened, I was like, oh, that's cool, man. And then, you know, sometimes we'd be crossing paths with the WWE, like back in 2008 to 2010. And if they were in town on a day off or whatever, I'd go buy tickets and just go check it out and just be like, you know, I'm already, we're in the same city. What, you know, I got a day off. Let's go do this. So who has uh, been one of your, uh, I don't want to say bucket list, but like who has been someone you've run into in that scene that you've been like, holy shit. Oh, well, there's two. And I had both of them on my show and that's the only way I ran into them that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you mean wrestlers or just people yeah, in general? Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, as uh, you know, getting to meet and know Jake the Snake Roberts a little bit was amazing. You know, grew up loving Jake the Snake, uh, uh, even through everything. Like he was just, he was my favorite guys. I loved the DDT. I was like, yeah, that's that's a it's a rat it's a rad way to go about it. His feuds with the Macho Man, leading and then into the Undertaker, everything in between. And uh, just knowing him as this larger life character and meeting him and standing next to him and seeing just how large he is. And then, uh, and, and uh, watching him do like this, uh, there's, they're called like their spoken words or stand up Mm -hmm. comedy that, that, that a lot of the professional wrestlers have been doing over the years. And uh, his was awesome. It was right up my alley because he just, he he calls it the dirty details tours and he gets into (laughs) it and just tells all these gnarly stories from the 80s 
of, of wrestling and, and all the stuff that like they were never allowed to talk about before where, you know, everyone was partying, you know what I mean? Like there's your, they were rock stars, man. They were the same thing. It, it was very akin to it. Like the way that they were traveling together, you know, uh, they're all in the same boat, helping each other out and everyone was friends and having drinks together and you know, same goal. They're all goal, goal oriented, uh, and, uh, had fun doing it. And it's yeah. just fun. It's fun to hear those stories like, uh, unfiltered. And then another one was McFoley, obviously, um, huge McFoley fan. And, uh, he couldn't have been uh, any sweeter of a guy. Like, you know, it going into it, if you know anything about McFoley, he's just a really nice guy. Um, but you know, he's, he came from a, a very different path than Jake. Jake had the dirty details and Mick was just like, I'm just a fun loving guy, family guy. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I was already weird enough. I didn't need the drugs to get weirder. So that's like, uh, I'm pulling up the photo just cause it's funny, but also sets like Atlanta is one of my favorite cities that I've traveled to. Um, I go, all right, well, I just guys, looked at my window. Someone's working on my fucking, I can see someone working outside. So that's, I think what it is. So thanks to uh, working on whatever they're working on. I think it's snow related <laughs> we got dumped up like over yeah. six inches of snow in the last day. So I think there's probably some, some issues. Um, but I was going to say, so Atlanta is one of my favorite places, uh, depending on if my audio picked that up or not for you. Uh, and I always go to the Elmer, uh, which if you've ever been there, it's over in little five points. Uh, Brent Hines loves going there apparently. Hmm. Um, but we went for, Randomly to a Falcons game. Is that the Nate? That is the Nate. Oh my, you lucky we son of a gun. We were late getting to the game and a fucking Tattletales van came and picked us up from our hotel. This sketchy dude, because we couldn't get an Uber and this guy was tweaking as fuck. And he's like, y'all going to the game? We're like, yeah. And he goes, got cash? And we're like, we do. And he goes, 20 bucks, take you to the game. Well, I'm like, all right. <laughs> so we get in, it's my wife and our friend and I get in and I'm sitting next to him shotgun in this like Tattletales wrapped van, which for those that don't know, Tattletales is a very famous strip club in Atlanta as well. Um, so there's <laughs> just like women in bikinis on this <laughs> van we're taking. And uh, so we finally fucking get to the game and we're getting out and this dude's like cranking the AC, turning it off, turning it on volume on the radio on and off switching channels, asking us a million questions that he's not letting us answer. Awesome. And we're just getting to the point where like, are we going to fucking die? <laughs> and, and mind you, the stadium's only like a four minute, technically with no traffic, a four minute drive away. So yeah, uh, we spent like 15 minutes with this dude and basically pulled a, uh, what I like to call the fear and loathing in Las Vegas thing where I grabbed the money and threw it at him. And I was like, fuck off <laughs> and uh, got out of his van. But as we're walking up, like everyone's already in the game. The first, the game had already started. I think the first quarter is almost done and out comes rick flair and i was like no fucking way and i was like that's rick flair and my wife and i were like who and i was like the fucking tan ass man wearing a suit in the middle of summer like that dude fuck yeah and finally I was like, I gotta, profiling yeah and i was like i gotta get a photo i gotta get a photo and i i'm not right. typically that person but like finally i was sometimes like you gotta be sometimes you gotta be it's okay and i remember i was like mr flair can i get a photo and he's like yeah absolutely give me a second and then pulls out his sunglasses and puts them on he's like all right let's go and I remember like kind of like giving the arm around thing. And then uh, when we were done, like not many people bothered him, which I thought was pretty interesting. But I remember going, so I have no real idea of like what expensive suits feel like. So I don't know if his suit was really cheap feeling or that's what really expensive suits feel like. 
<laughs> I guess it's one thing to think about at that moment. <laughs> I don't know. I, I almost wanted to just be like, sir, will you give me a flare chop, please? No, you got, I mean, that's, that's definitely, that's better than a signature. I think. Um, I know, right. And the nature boy, Rick Flair is one of my all time favorites. I hope to one day convince him to come on my show. Um, so I'm just, a, I'm a huge fan of not only his wrestling, his wrestling was obviously what started me. He, he could take a bump like no mm-hmm. other, make it so cool looking and, just such a great in-ring performer. But by God, when that guy starts talking, it is just the coolest fucking thing in the world to me. And then he just lives it, you know, too. It's just, it's, I just watched uh, the rock, the young rock last night. The first episode was about gimmicks. I liked it. I loved it. I wasn't wasn't sure what I was going to, what I was going to expect from it, but I know it's the rock. There's one thing you always know. It's the (laughs) fucking rock. Um, So it it was great. I thought it was really insightful as well. It wasn't just, uh, wasn't all just, messing around like they he gets into it and uh goes pretty deep and talks about like part of the things that i love about wrestling is the is the real person behind the behind the uh uh the the, the gimmick and the, and why you even would have a gimmick he goes into what the gimmicks are are explained by and it's episode one and i'm just like that's that's where the history of wrestling that's where it gets cooler to me is when you can you can take it at so many different layers of the entertainment aspect of it if you're if you're into um uh real drama like uh what's the word i'm looking for um uh biopic uh biopics and stuff like that yeah like you do but a biopic on it and and go deeper into these performers lives too. And that that's another, that's a whole other can of fucking worms. You know, there's just, there's a whole, there's a whole everythingness to wrestling to me. That's that, that got me into it. It just kind of dawned on me as a very obvious thing. Maybe you've talked about this and I just haven't seen it. Do you feel at least for you, that's why you guys maybe started the, you're not using your real names and kind of being more performers. You know, I think, yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that probably played a, a, a part in it. I mean, I know a couple, uh, me and shadows, uh, are kind of the, the only two that really got into wrestling. Obviously Jimmy was a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could imagine some of that coming from there. I mean, a lot of it, or maybe indirectly even maybe some of the, cause a lot of it came from our musical heroes, guys in the misfits, guns and roses, these kind of things where they they had different names for, you know, for that and kind of, put on that theatrical way of things, you know, like it wasn't just, I'm not just up here playing a show. Let's give you more than just that. Like, that's great. Like it's all, it is about the music, but how can we paint this picture even, even more grandiose and, and give you even more entertainment? Like what, what can we do next to, to keep that going? And a lot of our heroes in the band, in the music industry did that. So, I mean, inadvertently probably, and, and sure was take influences from everything, everything in life. Right. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like ch- having stage names and 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 creating the the Avenged Sevenfold gimmick for you know for lack of a better term, absolutely. Um, definitely helped us out early on to do that, and you know now we've been doing it for twenty plus years, and it's like it's God, where did years go? <laughs> you're telling me, bro. Like I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm the, it's I'm the one that, that's, that has all these memories of all that shit. Where I'm just like, fuck the van, I'm, the fucking. The cold, the shitty, the shitty venues. But <laughs> I think that was the weird thing listening to. Sorry to cut you off. The no, it's good. crazy thing about listening to that chat with you and Brandon from forever ago. Like I went back and was listening to some of the older episodes to kind of see if 
see the progression if I could of, of how your show has morphed into what it's really became. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the fun thing when you don't take down your old stuff, you can see the progression and kind of see how things came to be. So it's funny when, cause I think Brandon said he was the one who was like, Hey, uh, New York, uh, sour. I want a New York sour. Yes. And I think based on when that was, is when he had done the two and you should get this person on your show, by the way, um, had just done that run with ice nine kills and mm-hmm. Patrick works for a distillery in New York and Buffalo. And the night that I went and saw them, because I'm friends with Porter, uh, the drink of the day, because they did, he would make a drink every single day, a different drink for the tour. And the drink that day was a New York sour with a cab floater. And I was like, what the fuck? A cab floater? I was like, God damn, this thing's delicious. And I just remember when he said that, I was like, oh, he must have been like primed, like roughly around the end of that tour when you guys did that. Because like, that was was exactly what he said. He, yep. That's exactly what he talked about. Brandon, Brandon Soller was actually talking about that. Even in the episode, he said that, at, I believe at one point, I mean, it was a while ago now, but I believe he was saying, he was talking about uh, the, uh, uh, the guy that was making drinks for everyone. He's like, one night he made this for me and I thought it was the most delicious thing in the world. And he's like, and I didn't, I wasn't sure how, how serious you were taking this bartending thing. So I just wanted to see if you could pull it off. And I was like, I spent like three days before that, like trying to figure out like this recipe and get it just right. I'm glad I did because that was I'm glad that's the one that I was thrown first because that was the first mm. time a guest was like, oh, I want this. And since then, I've been able to do that a little bit more uh, easily because that one was so difficult and outside of my wheelhouse of making drinks. I was like, OK, cool. And then once I figured that one, it gained of confidence. It is an evolution. You can go back to that stuff. And even the way I'm talking to people was like so different. Yeah. And it's like and it's. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's not as different to other people, but to me, it's like night and day when I listen, when I listen back to some stuff, I'm like, Oh shit. Like I really didn't know what I was doing then. Like now, now I still don't know what I'm doing, but it's not as bad as as it was. It's, it's interesting to go back through, but I think uh, something I've talked about, even with Dewey actually, where I was like, it, it's like finding a band, like no offense. I I'm not the biggest fan of, the sounding of the seventh trumpet. And I know a lot of like core old school fans are like, well, that's, that's the best record they ever put out. And I'm like, it's totally no. fine, man. I wasn't on that record. So we're good. I was going to say, but for me, it was a thing where it just didn't sound good. By well, the time that, the next one recorded. came out, I was like, all right, this sounds better. This, you can understand what they were trying to do. And I think that's kind of the thing that I like about podcasts and keeping all of them is like I said, it's a sonic evolution. And I think to under to appreciate where you are, you have to understand where you came from. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's how that's, that's everything. That's, that's everything in life. Like you have to, you have to be willing to roll with the punches and, and find, and you know, don't pigeonhole yourself. Like if you're, if you're create, if you're trying to be creative, the last thing in the world you want to do is pigeonhole yourself. That is a massive bottle. What are you pouring? I am pouring Avion 44. Nice. So again, back to my Atlanta trip, we went to this, uh, we, my wife found a speakeasy, which nice. we did not know that's what it was. It's called Red Door or something like that. Okay. And literally I've been wanting this cause I'm a huge, uh, huge, uh, Avion fan for tequila and, and it lights there up There it was. Ooh. And, uh, so they had, uh, they had some and I was like, oh, fuck it. One in Rome. Yeah. So, and it's also a cigar bar, which was pretty cool, but ludicrous sat across from us nice and i remember being like having to tell everyone's like don't fucking look that's ludicrous like don't just don't don't do that thing where everyone's gonna be like mm-hmm. like 
no. And <laughs> I'll always remember that night too. Cause that was the day that we, we made the comment cause someone had texted me that Chadwick Boseman had just passed away. Uh, the news had been confirmed. Uh-huh. And then he with, I think he maybe heard us talking about it. Cause then like a couple minutes later, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's very presumptuous of me. Uh, sent a tweet out on uh or not a tweet, a uh, Instagram thing. But mm-hmm. I remember because uh, Hustle and Flow is one of my favorite movies. And I was like texting a buddy of mine. I was like, so if I go to the bathroom and Luda's in the bathroom, do I tell him he's got to suck my thing? The, the, <laughs> the, fucking, the fucking TV edit of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like, love TV edits. Oh, There's, my God. They're the best. You ever suck some feet for Coke? Yeah, so good. So good. <laughs> There's an art form right there, too. That's an art form to me to get it, to get it just right. Just so that it's just ridiculous enough that we get to enjoy it still. Do you see what happens when you take a stranger to the Alps? Love that one. See what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? That's what happens. You see what happens, Larry? Love that one. It's a good one. Uh, Um, I know you got to go, so that's why I'm pouring the shot. So, cheers, man. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, if you're ever ever around this area here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, there's a ton of places uh, you should check out locally. I'm sure you've been to Founders a million times, but we got great distilleries and so forth that have popped up, I think, since the last time you've been here. Sounds great, man. I'm always down. Thank you very much and enjoy your ah, enjoy your Valentine's Day. <laughs> I love that. That was that was a real shot right there. <laughs> All right, man. Fucking thanks again, man. Cheers. Yeah. See ya. So that was my conversation with Johnny Christ. Uh, again, season three of Drinks with Johnny just started up. Uh, first episode out the gates with Fat Mike of No FX. And uh, if you've never heard Fat Mike on a podcast before, you are in for something special. Um, dude's kind of notoriously uh, not a fan of doing press. Um, so the few times I've actually heard him actually do something worthwhile was coincidentally the really wild ass episode on pure pleasure. That was like a two parter. Uh, Dewey actually got in latex and got into a pool uh, with Fat Mike who kept offering him cocaine. <laughs> and uh, obviously Dewey did not do that. There are photos up on the pure pleasure uh, social medias uh, of Dewey sitting in in this latex dress in the pool. Um with Fat Mike, also in latex. Um, but obviously, Avenge did a lot of uh, warp tours, got to know uh, the NoFX guys and so forth. And um, I think that's kind of the crux of it is I think if you're willing to kind of know what you're getting into with Fat Mike and just kind of willing to go as crazy as he's going to probably be, um, that's kind of what you got to do. And I think it's kind of been the fun thing for me with Drinks with Johnny. And as you kind of heard him say, uh, there are times he doesn't even know the person until they're literally talking. So it's, it's interesting that someone of his level who pro- people probably know who he is, or at least of the band, he's kind of like jotting notes down and so forth to, to kind of prep to talk to some people. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I got to say, if Fat Mike is listening, um, I would do it. The Sorry, cocaine? Dewey. I'd do it all. I'd do it all. <laughs> big, big no effects fan from back in the day. Would you wear the latex? Absolutely. Hmm. I mean, you've seen my OnlyFans, John. I mean, come it's on. Only dance, but, I, and I've only- not seen it. Only Dan's nads. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> but obviously huge fans of uh, basically Avenged and of uh, Drinks with Johnny. More so Drinks with Johnny, personally. Um, I'm really jealous of the home bar he's got. I'm actually, uh, spoilers, I guess if he listens to this, um, I'm actually sending him two bottles of uh, some local spirits uh, from here in Grand Rapids. Um, so hopefully he will uh, enjoy those and, and maybe make some delicious cocktails that maybe will end up on a uh, future drinks with Johnny recipe of some sort. But uh, I, uh, I love the show. It's, it's like I said in the episode, uh, it's essentially what we do here. (laughs) So I'm hoping maybe if people are listening to uh, this show uh, because of 
you know, Johnny being on, um, go back in the archives, check out some of our show. And if you're a fan of our show and don't know about drinks with Johnny, go to YouTube, check it out. It's mainly a YouTube series. You can listen to it in an audio format, but I promise you, you're going to get a lot more enjoyment out of the video parts of it. Uh, getting to see Johnny and his, uh, just stellar home bar, um, puts my dry bar and everything of mine in my house to shame, but, uh, it is beautiful face. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he gives me hope that maybe one day, like, you know, I'll get better looking as I get older or whatever, even though I think we're the same age. So maybe that sure. won't happen. Sure, buddy. Yeah, I also loved uh, I'm, I'm sure someone's going to com- comment on the uh, shot I took at the end and uh, how it snuck up on me there at the end. as <laughs> so I was trying to talk. <laughs> It snuck up on you as you lifted it to your lips voluntarily and drank it. Yeah. Well, sometimes shots do that. Like you pour more than you think there is and it just kind of hits you a little, a little differently. And you're like, I, uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but I, I don't get it. Uh, you know, that's uh, like I said, that's the sign of a real shot when it kind of gives you the, uh, that after effect. And uh, I'll definitely own up to that. It was a, a solid pour. Plus I'd been drinking throughout the whole time uh, of us doing that. So, my favorite part of the whole interview was like the part that probably is going to end up getting cut out of the final, which is just you guys talking about drinks for like 10 minutes. No, nope, that's not getting cut out. Oh, perfect. Why would I cut out the <laughs> the crux of both of the show? It was literally drinks with Johnny. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And uh, for those of the, that will never see this part, but like uh, if you watch the YouTube version of our shows, we have a uh, little uh, avatar names that we can put on. So I nice. made mine drinks with John. Um, perfect. You know, that's. What you do is you try to be funny in a written medium. You got to be derivative. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. So, at this point, I feel like we've uh, we've yammered on quite a bit. So let's start wrapping this episode up. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Johnny, I'm going to really just plug this, the podcast. Uh, Drinks with Johnny, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go to drinkswithjohnny.com. That's two ends. If you don't know how to spell Johnny correctly, um, as someone with John as a name with no H, I get my name spelled incorrectly all the time. So I would assume maybe he does as well. Um, that's really annoying. Uh, as Everybody always spells your name as D-A-N. Every time you send an email to somebody, they're like, hey, Dan. Yeah, that's hey. true. I, I, yeah, especially when I spell my whole name uh, either in the beginning of the email or definitely at the end when I sign off and people still reply to me as Dan. And it's like, that's fine. Um, but if you'd like to keep up with Johnny Christ, just uh, head over to Instagram at Johnny Christ official. Uh, there'll be a link tree for everything where you can follow him uh, for those things. Uh, didn't talk about Avenged Sevenfold other than me saying I don't like Sound the Seventh Trumpet. It's just totally fine. Uh, he wasn't even on that record. So it is what it is. But if you're going mean, it's, to. It's not fine. We'll, yeah. we'll hash this out on discography discussion, but um, it's not fine. If you are an Avenge fan and you're pissed off that I didn't talk about Avenge or talk about a new record, guess what? You can go find that information somewhere else. That's not the Leave why us we a had one star on. review on uh, iTunes about how we just didn't ask enough Avenge Sevenfold questions. Yep, yep. And uh, Dan will tell you where he can be found on the internet sevenfold times over. Oh man, I can be found all over the place. I can be found on YouTube at Discuss Metal Dan. You can send me an email at uh, discussmetaldan at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan. You can find me on Facebook under Daniel Terry. You can find me uh, at discussmetal.com, talking about your favorite bands and how much I think they suck or how much I think they're awesome on discography discussion. And you can hear me interviewing some of those same bands in a confrontational tone on Discuss Metal. That is seven. It's a lot. You also forgot your Twitch stuff, but hey, whatever. I, I abandoned my Twitch account. Like, oh, whatever. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess we are at well, seven. YouTube, baby. 
Okay. <laughs> so there are seven different ways that you can keep up with Dan. If you would like, uh, we're going to make it even easier for, if you would like to keep up with the podcast, brewspeakpod.com. Simple enough. That's your landing page for everything. This podcast rate review, subscribe. It's a thing everyone always talks about really helps us show up in the algorithms and so forth. Um, greatly appreciate it. If you want to leave a review, that's awesome too. We uh, haven't gotten one in a while. Uh, usually they're really positive and uh, that's how we grow the podcast and understand what you're looking for. Um, so leave us some feedback. would be greatly appreciated. And uh, last but not least, our sponsors want to start off with rockabilia.com. Head on over to Rockabilia, where they have over 500,000 items in their online store. Uh, you don't ever have to worry about the integrity of the products you're buying because they're 100% officially licensed through the band. Guess what? There's a Ven Sevenfold merch over there if you would like to go buy some of that. And you know what? We're going to sweeten the deal. Use our code BREW, and we'll take 10% off your total purchase order. That's right. Use BREW, B-R-E-W, and get 10% off your total purchase order. Head on over to rockabilia.com. Support them for supporting us over here on the Brutally Speaking podcast. Also want to thank On Point Palmade. Keep your beard and hair looking on points. I'm actually going to go actually going to go get a haircut tomorrow. So I'm going to be using my premium pomade again here, probably very shortly. Um, I need to probably re up my order as I always say, and get Dan some, cause he actually has a beard or is I just yeah. got scraggly shit. Come on, uh, man. I had to sh- I had to comb my beard for work this morning. <laughs> Your beard would have been smelling good with that. Uh, that the beard oil. Yeah. Perhaps probably would have, but instead it smells like, you know, feces. <laughs> okay. Just being honest. Well, when life hands you a shit sandwich, I guess. You make a shit beard. (laughs) That's what I have. Um, So make sure to use our code BSP15 and take 15% off your total purchase order. Last but not least, The Bean Bastard. Head on over to TheBeanBastard.com. Pick up some delicious coffee. They even have candles. They have soaps. They have body scrubs. Multitude of cool different shit uh, over there. Um, Some asshole keeps breaking into their business and a few of the others on their streets. Um, So always like to support people, especially when people are being shitty for no fucking reason. So uh, help those guys and gals out over there. And for the Brutally Speaking podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. And we'll be back next week with Travis Miguel of Atreyu. And we'll talk to you all then.